It's a Sixers off day, and we are chatting with Matt George of Locked On Kings about whether Sacramento would be a good trade partner. Do any deals make sense with the Sixers that don't involve De'Aaron Fox? Plus, Matisse Thibel is climbing up the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year ladder that's right now on Locked On Sixers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Serena Winters. Thank you so much to everyone who's been leaving five-star reviews. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate you for making Lockdown 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's showtime, baby! Can you guys hear the heater blasting in my hotel room right now? If you can hear it, I apologize. It is cold in here. I got to keep warm. But before we get to talking with Matt George about the Sacramento Kings being a potential trade partner, let's talk a little bit about some Sixers items to keep you up to date on today because pretty neat. Matisse Thibel is now third on the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year ladder on NBA.com. That's behind Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. I mean, that is some incredible company to be up there with. And look, we talk about Matisse Thibel's defense all the time, but to really be considered in that category says something about how much he's improved even over this past year. Because you look at the two guys ahead of him, and Draymond Green, although you don't look at him as leading in all the defensive stats categories, he is currently the glue on the best defensive team in the NBA right now in the Golden State Warriors. And I don't know how many of you heard him talk about his defensive philosophies and defense the other night, but it's pretty incredible how he thinks. And then you've got Rudy Gobert up there as last year's defensive player of the year. And he's also won that award three times in total. And and Gobert is the guy that leads the NBA in all of those statistical defensive categories like rebounding, defensive rebounding, blocks, all of that. And Utah right now is ranking at the top in net rating. And then right below those two guys, you've got Matisse Thibel. And Steve Ashburner of NBA.com dug up a really great stat on Matisse Thibel that I want to share with you. The players that Thibel guards have been shooting 8.6% worse in overall field goal accuracy. That is second only to Minnesota's Patrick Beverly. I mean, let that sink in a little, because that's pretty incredible from Matisse Thibel. And you, if you've listened to me, you know my thoughts on Patrick Beverly. He is a pest. Anybody who watches Beverly knows how much of a pest he is. And so Matisse Thibel to be right there in that category. And look, we've got that Warriors game with him defending Steph Curry, you know, recently in our minds. And so does the rest of the NBA with how good he did there. But I'm excited to see how far defensively Matisse Thibel can go and how much he can grow even in this season. 
Okay, one more bit of Sixers news before we continue. Tyler Johnson joined the Sixers after their Monday night win over Boston. The Sixers signed him to a 10-day hardship extension that was first reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnowski. Remember, the league as of Sunday has some new rules go into effect because, look, Everyone is being affected by COVID-19 right now. We are seeing guys drop like flies off the roster into those health and safety protocols. So the NBA needs bodies. And so the NBA has some new rules now where teams are allowed to sign replacement players for each positive COVID-19 case on their roster. As of right now, one, two, three, the Sixers have three guys. So you guys might remember Johnson. He's 29 years old. The name should sound familiar. He spent the first four seasons of his career in Miami. He made a name for himself in the G League, then made some money, and ultimately found a spot in the Brooklyn Nets roster at the start of the 2019 season. So how will he fit in? I mean, look, I'm not really sure about that. The Sixers just need bodies right now, as do many teams in the league, and Johnson provides that. He is supposed to be available for Thursday night's game against the Atlanta Hawks. And hey, talk about bodies missing. Atlanta's got three players and health and safety protocols themselves, and they're signing guys to the 10-day hardship um, exceptions as well. So we're going to see some new bodies out there. Trey Young, Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, you know, they've got other guys out with injuries, but those three guys I just mentioned are all in health and safety protocols. So look, it's going to be a battle of the undermanned squads again on Thursday night. And coming up, we are going to chat with Matt George of Locked On Kings about whether the Kings would make sense as a trading partner. But first, let me tell you about Calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. And let me just tell you, because I had some serious trouble sleeping last night, that I just turned on that Calm app, scrolled around, found something that could help me get back to sleep. So check it out. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So Matt George and I from Locked On Kings did a crossover podcast for the rest of this episode. We hope you enjoy. Ben Simmons this, Ben Simmons that. What are the Philadelphia 76ers going to do about Ben Simmons? That's been one of the major storylines this season in the NBA, and it's been going on since well before the season began. It's cooled off a bit as the Portland Trailblazers with their Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum situation kind of stole some of the thunder. Maybe the Indiana Pacers trying to get some spotlight on themselves too, being sellers, but it still seems like so much of what's going to happen this season in terms of trades and the trade deadline has to do with 
what the 76ers are going to do with Ben Simmons. And joining me right now to help get an idea of what the 76ers are going to do, if anything has changed, and to get an idea of what it would take to get Ben Simmons in Sacramento, it is Serena Winters, host of the Locked On 76ers podcast. Serena, welcome into Locked On King. Such a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Matt. I mean, we are, let's see, 50 seconds in, and we've already said Ben Simmons five times. Make it six since I just said it again. So we'll see how many we can get to by the end of this time. <laughs> if we're under 50, it'll be a, dis a disappointment, I think, to a lot of uh, <laughs> listeners here on Lockdown Kings, because Ben Simmons has been a name that is continuing to be brought up uh, in Kings-related conversations. And every single time there's a rumor floated out there, it seems like the Kings are listed as not favorites necessarily to land him, although... Uh, our sponsor bet online for many uh for many weeks had the kings as number one or at least amongst the top teams to land ben simmons but the kings just always seem to be involved or connected in the conversation at least interested uh in some way shape or form but what we keep hearing from daryl morey and the 76er side of things is that the the sixers aren't budging on a package for ben simmons unless they're getting significant value and some think that that's a smart move to try and play the long game Others think that Maury is is holding on to a false hope and, and killing Ben Simmons' value maybe even more. Has that changed at all? What's your take on how uh, Maury is, is kind of been tight-gripped uh, with Simmons and his perceived value? Look, I don't think that has really changed as of right now because we're still in December. As you know, the trade deadline isn't until February, and I don't think we're going to see any movement on this until closer to that deadline. I think if you are Daryl Morey and you've already come out here and said like, look, we will wait. We will wait however long it takes to get that all-star caliber player type guy. Then you look at the Kings and what your team has to offer and you go, well, if you're not going to offer Darren Fox, then what is the point in doing a deal with Sacramento? If you're Daryl, maybe you would rather wait it out and see hey, what about a sign-and-trade for James Harden in the offseason, right? Like, if that is something that Daryl Morrill thinks could potentially be achievable, right, just, just even a potential chance, then why do a deal with some guys on the Kings roster that are okay talent but aren't the talent that you want in return for Ben Simmons? At the end of the day, he'd probably want to wait it out and see, try his hat at a James Harden sign-and-trade. You know, it's it's funny because I wanted to give Daryl Morey a little bit of credit because he's playing a long game and he's gambling, but it might actually end up working for him. And and Monty McNair here, uh, Kings general manager, is is someone who is very familiar with Daryl Morey. Came from uh, the Houston Rockets, served many years under Daryl Morey, uh, and he played kind of a similar gamble, not in a trade scenario, but in a free agency scenario when it came to Rashawn Holmes. Many of us were convinced that the Kings were going to lose Rashawn Holmes in free agency. They didn't have that much money to be able to resign. And we thought there was going to be a market out there. Uh, McNair gambled and the Kings got Rashawn still on a, a pretty good deal. So I tie that into this scenario with Daryl Morey to where at the beginning of the season or during the offseason, maybe a team like Sacramento says, hell no, we're not trading De'Aaron Fox. Hell no, we're not trading Tyrese Halliburton. And then you get the context of the regular season to where the Kings are, are disappointing. Fox and Halliburton maybe not working as well together as, as you would expect. And suddenly maybe Fox or Halliburton become a, a little more available. In your mind, is that Daryl Morey's play? or do you just really think he's he's holding out because he believes Simmons' value is that high? I think that that would be one of Daryl Morey's plays. I would think so. Um, waiting it out and seeing. And that's not just Daryl Morey. That's other GMs in the league too. And But out of any GM, 
like if you want to bet on a guy to really wait it out, it is a guy like Daryl Morey, right? He could talk a big game, but he is willing to be really uncomfortable. He's willing to take a lot of heat. So for me, you know, I see, I don't know that I see De'Aaron Fox and the Kings as, you know, really number one in Daryl Morey's mind right now. I see that as one of the cards that he's trying to play. And hey, if it becomes that the Kings continue to spiral, and like you said, this Fox-Halliburton partnership isn't what the Kings were hoping it would be, and maybe De'Aaron Fox isn't all that happy um, because his play isn't getting any better, then maybe it becomes time to say that he is on the table. But look, that's not going to happen now. That's not going to happen until more teams start to show their cards, right? Like with the Indiana Pacers you mentioned, Indiana finally showing their cards a little bit here. There's going to be more teams that do that. We're just so early on. And because, Matt, this has been such a big story, like this is the first time that I can remember in the past few years where December 15th was such a big day. It was like December 15th is Mm -hmm. here. Are we going to have some trades? The trade market is open. Let's talk about it. It is 12.01 Eastern time, trade market time. You know, I don't remember it ever being like that. I mean, do you? That's how it was for me here covering the Sixers, right? Because everybody wants to know what is going to happen. And obviously these guys start to become available and the cards start to trickle down. But December 15th isn't the only date, right? You've got dates in January. And even for the Sixers, as an example, there are guys on the Sixers roster that don't become available until later. So say you want to do a deal with uh, having Furkan Korkmaz, who's with the Sixers, and maybe it's with the Kings, or maybe it's a three-team deal. You can't do that right now because he's not tradable right now. He's not tradable until next year, right? So that's why I don't think we're going to see anything be able to happen until we get closer to this trade deadline. Is there pressure, though, on Maury and pressure on the 76ers? Uh, and will that pressure pick up more as that deadline approaches to move Simmons to try and get someone who's ultimately going to help them accomplish their goal of a deep playoff run this year? Maybe that's a play for Sacramento. Says, okay, Daryl, if you want to play that card and you want to wait it out too, fine, we'll wait it out as well. We'll wait till that trade uh, deadline comes knocking on the door until you really see if you're going to get the value you want or not. And then that's when we make our push. Do you think that's a play in Sacramento's mind, Sacramento's perspective? Or is Maury willing to call bluffs and hang on to Simmons until next offseason, these playoffs be damned? That's a really good question. I would say, and this is pure speculation on my part, Daryl Maury is a guy where, you know, you want to go through and and see if you can call this bluff. But a lot of times, he'll play. He'll play Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. However, how could you not feel a sense of pressure to move Simmons by the trade deadline because of the Sixers situation and because of Joel Embiid. You have Joel putting his heart and soul out there every single night, and we don't know how many years he has left, Matt. We don't know how many how many years. So if Daryl decides to wait it out and the Sixers don't do anything with Ben Simmons this year, essentially that is a season of Joel Embiid in his prime wasted wasted and I'm sure that there I would be surprised if there was not pressure from ownership right that made that part of it clear right like hey we trust you at all but just so you know we've got one of the best 
guys in the NBA right now, and we can't afford to waste another year of it. The Sixers' mentality is win now. And if they're really serious about winning now, I do not know how you wait another year. Unless you are 90% certain that you can get James Hard next year in a sign and trade. But if you are 20% certain that you could have a chance at it, how do you how do you wait on that? And that goes back to Matt, okay, where do the Kings come into play? Do they play that card of how serious is Daryl Morey? Well, if I'm the Kings, I would play that card, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's, that's certainly the card that I would play. I guess the question becomes, though, who's under more pressure? Is it Daryl Morey and the 76ers to uh, to take advantage of Joel Embiid in his prime, like you said, and they have playoff expectations? Or is there more expectations on a first-time general manager in Monty McNair who's trying to get this team to uh, avoid history? And we know Vivek Ranadive and King's ownership, they haven't been afraid to pull the trigger and make some changes. I hope Monty McNair's job isn't on the line, but at the same time, too, I've said many times on Locked on Kings that, that McNair is the only one who can save this season this Kings group just does not work together for the most part as talented as they are they cannot seem to figure it out uh, and this could be another season wasted in 16 straight years of the Kings not uh, making the playoffs so uh, we'll see who's under more pressure and who really cracks first in that scenario between these two teams but bet online has you covered this holiday season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs I love to use it to look at the odds for NBA teams and where they're going to land come playoff time. Plus, the props are super fun. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. So yesterday, I'm in the airport and I am hungry and I'm walking around and it's fast food this, fast food that, and I need a snack. And then I realize why don't I just go into my backpack and grab a Bilt Bar? And that is exactly what I did because Bilt Bar is delicious and healthy, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it is high in protein, and you know I need that protein to keep me fueled up. And there are so many flavors. I mean, thankfully, I had the peanut butter brownie in the backpack yesterday. Delicious. Built Bar just gives you that extra fuel you need, especially right now during the holiday season. People are shopping, they're cranky. Don't get hangry. Get a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. If a, if a trade is happening that, that's bringing Ben Simmons to Sacramento, is there any scenario where it doesn't involve De'Aaron Fox going to Philadelphia? Is there any scenario of Ben Simmons and De'Aaron Fox on the same team here? I don't think so. I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, the Sixers would there – there are better deals out there. If you don't have De'Aaron Fox in a deal, then – I don't understand how you get the value back 
that you're giving in Ben Simmons. Now, look, I like I like Halliburton. I do. Um, but even so, I mean, I just I don't see it. I think you've got to give up Darren Fox. I even like Buddy Heald, but Buddy Heald, I like just, you know, in addition in a trade package, not not somebody who is your centerpiece or your focal point in the trade package. So I think that if you if we see a deal with the Kings and Sixers and Darren Fox isn't in it, I mean, that would that would shock me. If the, if the best what about off- you? would you be okay well- with that? Ah, see, I've, I've been, there are very few players realistically that I would be willing to trade De'Aaron Fox for. That being said, I am way more open-minded to the idea of trading De'Aaron Fox today than I was during the off season when these conversations really started heating up. And that has to do with the context of the regular season. I'm ready for Monty McNair to make a swing for the fences move. If you look back at the history of the Kings, the, the only time that this Kings team was relevant was when they traded Mitch Richmond for Chris Weber, who didn't want to come here. It was a swing for the fences and it worked out and gave the Kings the, and it's the only thing they really that was haven't a while tried. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the only thing they haven't tried during this playoff drought. So I'm I'm ready for the Kings to try it. But is Ben Simmons the right swing for the fences move if you're trading away De'Aaron Fox? I'm still a little hesitant on that. Much more hesitant than I would be in my dream scenario, which is contacting the Boston Celtics, for example, and trying to get Jalen Brown to Sacramento uh, for, for De'Aaron. So that hey, gets the Sixers you an idea. would like to do that too. Hey, we'll fight Sixers for it. Sixers would like to do that too. Yeah, we will. And hey, the more... I mean, what we can both root for, I guess, would be Boston spiraling out of control. Because if Boston spirals out of control, then Boston would be more likely to do a deal with either Sacramento or Philadelphia. So if we want to be on the same team on something, we could hope for that. Well, now we're going to have some Lockdown Kings listeners going onto the trade machine to put together some extreme three-team deals to try and figure that out. Well, outside of a, a Ben Simmons conversation, because I think the, the ideal trade package that the Kings would send for Ben Simmons bringing him here would be the laughable combination of Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and, and, and Bagley. as many first and as and many first picks. round no. picks as you could possibly. Exactly. No. exactly. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, keep dreaming, Kings fans. Keep dreaming. I mean, that's not happening. Hey, that's, how about this? We we'll th- can't do that. We'll throw in Tristan Thompson just to sweeten the pot oh, a little bit. How, oh, is that wow. does that do it for you? You are just so generous, so generous, Kings fans. <laughs> and how about some in, some In and Out burgers too? We'll send to Philadelphia and open a, a chain Ooh, of In and Out. I do Phil- love an In and Out. I'm a, I was born in California, so I do miss me some animal style fries and an In and Out cheeseburger and a vanilla shake. So realistically, we know that if Ben Simmons is coming to Sacramento, one of Fox or Halliburton, more than likely Fox, uh, is gone in the deal. But outside of a Ben Simmons trade conversation, I'm very interested in the value of those two guys that I mentioned, Buddy Heald uh, and Marvin Bagley. And I even want to throw Harrison Barnes in there as well, because uh, I worked with uh, David Locke, uh, of course, host of the Locked On Jazz podcast. And uh, when he came to Sacramento a couple times, I did stats. And on the uh, Utah Jazz radio broadcast, he was saying, man, Harrison Barnes is a missing piece on a championship team. And I know that the the 76ers are pretty wing heavy, so maybe this isn't the exact right team to bring up in this scenario. But those three guys are... um, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and Harrison Barnes. Do any of those three ping your mind as that could be a good target for Philly to go out and get? And then what kind of talent do you think they'd be willing to give up to acquire any one of those three? I mean, I do like Buddy Heald. I think he needs a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, the Sixers need shooters. 
the kid could shoot. I mean, he went through quite a rough patch. I haven't watched your one of your games this week, but is, has he has he shot himself out of the rough patch yet? Because I know he had a long stretch there. He had but, a good look. fourth quarter against uh, 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 against San Antonio, really helped the Kings win that game, and then had a good third quarter against Golden State. But for the most part, no, Buddy Hill has not shot himself out of what he's in right now. <laughs> I, I would be interested to see him in a different environment. I would. Mm-hmm. and um, But I hear David Locke's point. I like Harrison Barnes as well. But out of those guys, I don't know. I think because of Heald's skill set and because of what the Sixers would need, like in the playoffs surrounding Embiid, somebody to come off the bench and just be able to knock down shots. He can create off the ball. I mean, I don't hate it. But what the Sixers would have to give up, mm. I just, at the same time with what the Sixers currently have, I don't know how they make their roster better either. So it's, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the trade happening. Yeah. I, I, and a lot of conversations around Buddy Heald are very difficult to have with anybody around the NBA. Cause nobody really knows what Buddy Heald's value is. You see the, what some say elite skill set and those don't watch Buddy Hield enough. I think, I mean, he's a very, very good shooter. Don't get me wrong, but Buddy Hield can also completely destroy a game for your team. If he's, if he's shooting too much, which is what he's done here in Sacramento over the last couple of years. So who knows what kind of value Buddy Hield gets. If you can get a first round pick for him, if that's the best case scenario, if you can get a good solid young player for him, the Kings have no idea. I think at this point in time, so it's going to be interesting to see how heavily they shop him as well. You know, and I wonder from Heald's perspective, just because, like, he's he's got to know. Not, no, he does know he's on the, the trade block, right? Like, he knows that. He's just waiting to get out of there. And so, at the same time, you know, how much of his plays, like, he's just trying to shoot, 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 and get out of Sacramento. at the mm-hmm. You know, because he, he's got to know that he's on the trading block. It's not like it's a secret. Yeah, well, and he had his bags packed for L.A. before the uh, the swerve by the the Lakers to end up with Russell Westbrook. True. I mean, everybody and their mother thought that that deal was done. Buddy Hill thought he was going to La La Land, and I think he was very excited by that prospect. Um, so, and we've we've seen Buddy talking with Doc Rivers after um, after the game here in Sacramento and and covering their mouths. And we can only speculate, but I assume Buddy's not shy to make a joke like "Get me the hell out of here." And and Doc, I know, would play off of that. Uh, so who knows with Buddy Heald, who knows with what the Kings and 76ers are going to do as the trade deadline approaches. But Serena, before I let you go, I did want to ask about completely unrelated, but a guy that that um, I wouldn't call him a friend of mine necessarily, but someone that I, I got the opportunity to get to know while he was here in Sacramento. Uh, and that's a 76ers assistant, former Kings head coach, um, Dave Yeager who is uh, currently not with the team battling uh, cancer, unfortunately. Have you heard any information about him, any kind of update? And what have the 76ers, I guess, done and the fan base done and everybody done uh, to support him during this time? Because uh, there are some players here in Sacramento that didn't necessarily get along with him, but arguably he was the one that was able to maximize this unit better than any other coach has at this point in time. Yeah, you know, I wish I had some news to give you on that front, um, but I really don't. All I can tell you is how supportive everybody around him has been. And when you talk to anybody that has worked alongside him, whether it was closely or not closely, and I'm sure that Kings fans can relate to this from probably hearing it from your end, the amount of positivity that comes out from people talking about Dave Yeager is pretty incredible. So, I mean, our hearts just obviously go out to him, but there has not been an update on when he will return. 
Serena, thank you so much for uh, joining me here on Locked on Kings today. If anything happens between the Kings and Sixers or the Kings and Celtics and Sixers or the Sixers and Celtics, maybe I won't contact you then. I'll be mad at you at that point in time. <laughs> uh, but, but if anything goes down regarding these two teams, of course, we'll reconvene and talk about it. Appreciate all the great work that you do there over uh, at Locked on 76ers. And one more time, Bagley, Buddy, draft picks, mm, in and out. Nope, no, 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 no. You know what? Definitely I'll let you not. think about it and get back to me. I'll let you think about I it. I have thought about it. About it, Matt. I have I've thought about it. No. Damn it. Well, it's worth a shot. Serena, thank you so much. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Sixers. Thank you so much for listening, for making Locked on Sixers your first listen every day. How about you make Locked on Bets your second listen? We'll see you tomorrow.